tell you what, don't know where I'd be without it. I've been saved. Now, let's see, I got saved when I was seven years old. That was 20, 20, uh, 22 years ago now. And no, I'm just kidding. It was a lot longer than that. All right. Good night. I've been saved. Let's see, I got to think about it. I've been saved for over 55 years. I've known Christ as my Savior. And I'll tell you what, I'm just, I, I just can't imagine my life without him and how precious he is. Amen. That's why I come to church. I just love just being around God's people and just enjoying time with him. And I love it. Take your Bibles, if you would, turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. As you're turning, I do want to mention the table that's in the foyer. We've got things back there. CDs. We've got a special package. Oh, my wife set it up right here. We've got a special package back there of CDs. You can get uh, our newest CD is, whoops, is with our daughter. Sorry, Brittany. That's with our daughter, and uh, she's on this one. This this particular CD has the love of God on it. So, and uh, only Jesus can heal this hurting world. Uh, you can get that one, or you can choose another one if you if you'd like. I'd recommend this one, Reflections of the Cross. That's got songs like When God Ran on it. It's got uh, Your Cries Awoken the Master. Not the same. Many of the songs that we've sung on there. And then not only that, but we want to include this two CD package. So there's two CDs on one disc. Normally, CDs are $15 a piece. Instead of paying 60 bucks for all of this, you can get it for 25 So I hope you'll stop by there and pick that up. My son, Chad, this is a separate one now. My son, Chad, made a wonderful crooning CD. I think you'd enjoy it. I hope you'll stop by there and take a look at that. That'll be a blessing. That's 15 bucks. And then my wife makes some bracelets. She makes these like crazy. These are made right here in the USA. So I hope you'll stop by the table over there, take a look at those bracelets. We've got other bracelets. These are just by donation. And it says, Keep America Christian. We trademark that, Keep America Christian. And uh, it's on these here. You can stop, pick those up by donation. As a matter of fact, we got T-shirts there that say, Keep America Christian. Keep America. So you can stop by. I feel like I'm at an auction or something. You know what I'm saying? I want to say, yeah, we got an awesome rummage sale back there. Go by there and look and see what we got, you know. So uh, uh, we, we trademarked that. And then <laughs> I'm going to keep going. This is fun. Okay. And then we've got these. It says, make America Christian again. Amen. So we've got these shirts back there. You can stop by and pick those up. And a friend of mine wrote this book, a tremendous book. It's called Journey Through the Afterlife. Talks all about heaven. It's not about some kind of an experience he had, okay. This is... Totally a scripturally based book. I promise you it'll be a blessing. My wife and I have both read. I'm not a reader. I'm not, I like listening to books more than reading books. She's more of the reader, but believe it or not, I read this one and uh, it's incredible. So I know it'll be a blessing there. So I hope you'll stop by. Listen, we take Visa, MasterCard, Crackle Barrel gift cards if you got them. All right. I mean, we'll take those if you got them. And uh, we don't need the money. We really don't. But all the people I owe need the money. So I hope you'll stop by the table. And uh, that'll be a blessing uh, to us and, and also hopefully to you. Amen. Acts chapter 9, taking a look at verse number 10. We're going to start off right there. Look at what the Bible says here. I'll get through this real quick, okay? Acts chapter 9, starting off with verse number 10, it says this, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. 
And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, The Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath the authority of the pre, uh, from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. And putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forth, forthwith and arose and was baptized. This morning I want to preach on this thought. 2020 vision in 2021. 2020 vision in 2020. 21. Listen, we travel all across this country. We've had the privilege of being in a lot of churches last year. Of course, we ran into cancellations last year due to COVID and things like that. We've dealt with the same type of thing many of y'all have. But let me, let me say something to you. We cannot lose the vision for Jesus Christ and those that need him. You see, what will happen if we're not careful, we'll start getting complacent in Christianity to the point where we just go ahead and come to church, we put everything on automatic pilot, and we just do what we do because it's what we've always done. I don't want to be, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to be the type of, of a Christian that just lives on, a, on an automatic pilot. Well, you know, now we go to Sunday school, now we go to church, and now we sing our songs, and now we hear the special, and now we hear the preaching, and now we're going to go ahead and dismiss, and now we're going to go home, and then we go through our week, and then Wednesday night we come back, and then I don't want to be that way. I want to continually have a vision for Jesus. I think in my heart, it just burns inside of me. Well, my wife and I now have been on the road for 15 years. We're getting ready to, to hit this next January. Actually, December, we'll be hitting into our 16th year on the road, traveling full-time, living out of a motor coach. You know what I'm saying? But we love it. And the reason why we do it is because we love Jesus. We've got a vision for what's going on today. We've got a vision to see people saved. We've got a vision to see the peace of Jesus Christ come into people. Man, that means something to me. And I want to see that everywhere as much as we can. We talked about slowing down a little bit. We're actually going to probably slow it down but, uh, and, and get a house. We're th- talking about maybe moving, getting a house. And, 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 but we would, but I told her this, I said, honey, here's the deal. I said, as long as we, as I can, 
I still want to travel on, on weekends. I still want to be in churches. I still want to preach the gospel. I still want to do these things. And we found now with, within even our own uh, area of where we live up in Hebron, Indiana, well, about 48 churches within four hours of where we're at. And then we're talking about taking two different tours throughout the year in the coach and doing so forth. I said, honey, I just want to keep on going for Jesus. And you know what she told me? She said this, I'll probably want to keep on going longer than you. She got a point. But you know what? I don't want to stop. I don't even want to slow down, like slow down, slow down. I want to keep on preaching. I want to keep on telling people about the love of Jesus. I want to keep on singing his song. I want it to be new and fresh and sweet all the time. Here you've got Saul going down the road to Damascus while he's going down to the road to Damascus. Of course, he's blinded by the light that, that, that is there. It's God. God begins to talk to him. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Of course, Saul is blinded by that light. Later on, I believe that's when Saul's conversion took place. I believe that's when all of a sudden he realized there's a God and he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? And then he's led into this house. He's praying there while he's there in this house, and he's blind. He can't see. Then the Lord speaks to another person, as we just talked about here in these verses. In verse number 10, it says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And I like what Ananias says. He immediately goes like this. He goes, I'm here, Lord. Boy, you could preach a whole sermon on that just by itself. I'm here, Lord. He was willing to listen to the voice of the Lord. Boy, if we could be that type of a believer to listen to the voice of the Lord when he talks to us. You know what we do? We live in such a loud world, don't we? Everything's loud all around us. We always got to, man, I want you to buy those CDs. I do. I want you to put them in your car. If you got a CD player these days, put them in your car, listen to them, enjoy them and everything. But I also would encourage you at times just to shut everything off in the car, just go for a drive and have a good talk with God. It's pretty special. On your way to work in the morning, instead of having the radio on all the time, just have a good talk with the Lord. You know, we got to have that time. we got to listen to the voice of the Lord. He was listening to the Lord. Here I am, Lord. And then the Lord began to talk to him and say, listen, there's this guy. His name is Saul. He's in this house. I want you to go there, and, and he's going to see you coming in a vision. And yeah, I want you to go there, and I want you to go ahead and put your hands on him and tell him that I have need of thee. And when the Lord said Saul, all of a sudden, Ananias got a little nervous. If you see a little later in those verses... You'll see where uh, uh, he's, he said uh, uh, Ananias uh, got a little bit nervous because he said, I have heard many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints in Jerusalem. And here he hath the authority from the chief priests to bind all that call upon thy name. He got a little bit nervous, didn't he? Got a little scared. You know, sometimes when it comes to doing something for the Lord Jesus Christ, what we do is we begin to get ourselves in a fleshly state and we're nervous about it. Man, the Holy Spirit says, man, you ought to give a track to that person. Well, I don't know if I can do that. I mean, what if I get rejected? You know, we're always afraid of rejection. What if, I, what, what if, they, what if they look at me and say, I don't want that? Okay. They say, I don't want that. You say, okay, and you move on. See what I'm saying? 
Sometimes what we do is our flesh stops us from doing things the Spirit is telling us to do. There's this battle constantly going on between this flesh and the Holy Spirit, isn't there? I deal with it all the time. Now, maybe you're different, but I deal with it all the time. Talking to some, some people will ask me, they'll say, how you doing? I'll say, I'm doing better than I deserve. And they look at me and go, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by you're doing better than you deserve? And immediately I want to just say, well, it's because, it's just because that's the way I feel right now. I feel good. And so I just feel better than I deserve. Okay. You know, sometimes you just want to go ahead and say that instead of just go like this. Because I'm on my way to heaven. I'm saved. I'm born again. You know what? That's more intimidating to them than it is to me. <laughs> the reality of it is, is when, when I have the opportunity or when I have the Holy Spirit speaking to me about going somewhere, sometimes I might not like it, but he'll take care of the rest. We talked in Sunday school about Jonah. About Jonah going to Nineveh, I got to thinking, brother, it's interesting how Jonah didn't have the faith that God uh, would use him by going to Nineveh, but he had the faith when the storm was going on to tell the guys to throw him overboard because he was the reason why there was an issue. I find it really interesting in, in our lives how easy we are to be intimidated by this flesh. When the Spirit lives within us, why can we not be the type of people where the Spirit is strong? Doesn't the Bible say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Doesn't the Bible say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus? I got to thinking about this. So what happens? Ananias says, okay, Lord, I'll go. Ananias goes into this room, and the first thing he says, he puts his hands on him, and he says, Brother Saul. He could say brother now because they were part of the same family, you see. He says, Brother Saul, the Lord had needed thee. And what happens? The scales fell from Saul's eyes, and now he had a vision. You know, we need to have a vision. We need to have 2020 vision in 2021. I'm glad somebody had a vision for me. I'm glad when I was seven years old, a little good news club across the street from my house, a friend of mine by the name of Jim Ray came, came over. We were, he, was, he was like my best friend, man. We hung out all the time. Both of us were seven, and we would play ball and stuff like that. And he said, hey, man, we got this really cool thing going out the house. We're having a good news club. And I'm going, oh, that's awesome. What's a good news club? He said, oh, we do all kinds of stuff. We'll be playing games, and then we have all kinds of refreshments. We have cookies and stuff like that. And then we sing songs. And then my sister Ursula teaches a lesson about Jesus. And, oh, we have a wonderful time. And he said, you know what happens? Everybody goes home with a chocolate chip cookie. I'm like, chocolate chip cookie? They were like, yeah. Man, I love chocolate chip cookies, man. Hand me one of them fresh hot chocolate chip cookie where the dough is just a little still soft. Oh. And the chocolate morsels, you can see them kind of melting a little bit. I don't even want to eat it. I just want to rub it all over my face. You know what I'm talking about? Man, I'll tell you what, the reality of it was, all I wanted was a chocolate chip cookie. I went to that Good News Club and we sang those songs. Stop! And let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. We went and played games and stuff, and she taught a lesson about Joseph and his coat of many colors. I was touched by Joseph's forgiveness for his brethren. And then she related it to the forgiveness of Jesus. 
And she said, you know, Jesus could have put us all to death here on this earth. He could have destroyed us. But instead, he showed love and compassion for you and for me. And I'm sitting there. I'm like seven years old and going, wow, he showed love and compassion for me. She said, if you'd like to ask Jesus, come into your heart and save you. She said, would you stand up and go to the aisle right now and walk to the back of the little room that we were in? And I did that. Nancy Rude took the Bible and showed me how I could be saved. Can I tell you something? I went home with a chocolate, a whole lot more than a chocolate chip cookie in my hand. I went home with Jesus in my heart. See, somebody had a vision for me. Somebody had a vision for me. Hey, listen, if you don't have that vision, get that vision. Get that vision for somebody. Some of y'all right here have Sunday school classes that you teach and boys and girls that you're teaching and investing in their lives. Oh, how I remember my Sunday school teachers and the vision they had for Pat McCluskey. And I believe with all my heart that vision in itself is the reason why we get to go and minister. And help people today and be a blessing and be used of the Lord today. Why? Because somebody else had a vision for me. I remember. By the way, if if you've lost the vision, you need to get the vision back. So I've heard this. I've heard it everywhere. I've heard people always say this. Well, I used to be a Sunday school teacher. Well, I used to pick up people for church. Well, I used to call people and remind them to come to church. I used to invite people. I used to work with the teenagers. I used to be involved in the music department. I used to. Don't be a used to. Do it now. Listen, Friendship Baptist Church, you've got an opportunity to be used of the Lord right now. Man, go pick up somebody. I remember the first time somebody came and picked picked me up for church on a Sunday school bus. Man, I was, I was just a little kid. And, and, and so two people came to the door, knocked on the door and said, hey, we're from such and such a church and, and uh, uh, we got a Sunday school bus coming by. Want to know if you got anybody who wants to ride our Sunday school bus? I remember standing there with my mom and going, mom, mom, I want to go. She looked at me and she goes, you sure? I said, yeah, I want to go. I want to ride the bus. She said, well, you have to take your little brother, Joey. And I said, oh, then I don't want to go. No, I didn't really do that. I said, I'll go. And me and my little brother, Joey, were standing out there waiting for the Sunday school bus. We were in Wisconsin. It was in February. We got our winter clothes on, right? Got up early, got all our winter clothes on. Standing out there playing in the snow. Waiting for the Sunday school bus never came. Found out that the ladies that were there, one lady was just helping another lady that was really the bus captain of that bus. And that lady got sick and they forgot where we lived. But guess what? The next week, the Sunday school bus came by, picked me up. My little brother, Joey, we're on the Sunday school bus. We're singing the songs, man. I may never march in the infantry or ride in the cavalry. Shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy. And we hit all the girls in the head on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Somebody had a vision to pick me up on a Sunday school. Somebody had a vision to stop by my house, come get me. See, we got to have a vision today, don't we? We got to have a vision. We got a vision. If you lost the vision, get the vision back. And lastly, We've got to keep the vision for the generations to come. 
We've got to keep that vision for the generations to come. We've got to make that vision contagious for the generations to come. I've got a little granddaughter sitting right down here. Man, I want to keep that vision. I know her daddy and mommy want to keep that vision for that generation right there. Because they need to have that same vision. See what I'm saying? There's a whole generation out there that needs someone to have a vision to love them and care for them and show them who Jesus is and who Jesus can be in their life. Oh my goodness, that just means everything. I remember, I was, I was, now I was a senior in high school. I, I remember I was a bus captain now. I actually was one of those people that actually went and got boys and girls to come to Sunday school and church. And I, we were finishing up. We didn't, we, we, we were growing up in Madison, Wisconsin. And, and uh, not far from us, about 45 minutes away, was a college called Maranatha Baptist Bible College. And what would happen is, is we'd send a bus down that would pick up um, many of the students from Maranatha Baptist Bible College, and they'd come up and spend the day up at our church. They'd go to services. We had people that would feed them lunch. They'd hang out in the afternoon, stay there for the evening service, and the bus would take them back. So I'm coming in from my bus route one uh, Sunday afternoon. I'm getting ready to slip my, my bus records underneath the secretary's door. And all of a sudden, this sophomore in college runs up to me and goes, Hey, McCluskey, McCluskey, man. Hey, you got a car? You got a car? I had two fresh other freshmen that were in Bible college, freshmen in, in college, Bible college students. I said, yeah, why? I said, man, we want to go street preaching. I'm going street preaching? Says, yeah, man, we want to go, but we don't have a car. We got the afternoon free, man. Hey, you want to go? You want to go? Are you in, man? I wanted to do everything I could for Jesus, man. I was a senior in high school, wanted to live for Jesus all I could, man. That's all that mattered to me. I said, I'm in. I took him out to my car. I had a 1967 Chevy Impala Super Sport convertible. Oh, to have that car back today. Okay, I need to get back to the message. We went on out into my, 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 my Chevy Supersport. We got inside of that, backed out of the driveway. We went on out of the church parking lot. We got on uh, Northport Drive. I remember uh, looking at the guys and saying, okay, where do you want to go? They said, you know what would be really cool? We should go street preaching in the mall. I'm like, the mall? Who goes street preaching in a mall? Back then, they actually had people at malls. See, now, that's not like that now. But anyway, so we went, I said, okay. So we drove on down Northport Drive, on over onto Packers Avenue, got off on Aberg Avenue, down Highway 30, took the loop around East Washington Avenue, on over to East Town Mall. We got out of the car. Man, we were on a mission. I remember us walking, man. We were on a mission. We were going to go street preaching. In the mall. We went on in the mall, got into the center of the mall. That sophomore in high school was very bold. He was a bold guy. He got up in front of everybody. Hey, everybody! Everybody, gather around. We got something we want to say. And we're all standing there. We're cool, you know. Standing there. Gather around, gather around. Now, I have a friend of mine in college. I, all of a sudden, his name's... Arthur Harris. Arthur Harris, when I was in Bible college, preacher, uh, uh, Arthur Harris, he would go preaching, you know, street preaching in Chicago. 
So he'd go up to the, the street corner in Chicago, and what he would do, he would lay a hat on the street corner. And then he would go like the people are walking by, he'd be pointing point at the hat, say, it's alive, man, it's alive. It's alive in there. People are walking around, they're looking at that hat. And then he'd sneak up to the hat and he'd peek underneath it and he'd go, oh my goodness, it's alive. It's inside there and it's alive. People are all gathering around, all staring at that hat. All of a sudden he's got a good crowd standing around. He's lifting up the hat. <laughs> it's alive, it's in there, it's alive. People are staring, wondering what's alive in that hat. He'd lift up the hat, pull out the Bible and he'd say, it's the word of God, it's alive. I would have loved to have done that in the mall. That would have been fun. But all these people gathered around in this mall. He's going, everybody gather around. We got something we want us today. People all gather around. Then he turned and went like this. Go ahead, McCluskey. <laughs> I'm standing there. I didn't know nothing. I was a senior in high school, but man, I wanted to. T- all I knew was to take people down the Romans road. And I said, the Bible says for all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I said, the Bible says that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then I said this, I don't know you, you don't know me, but I'll tell you this much. Jesus came, he died on a cross, and he paid sin's debt for you. All you need to do is ask him for forgiveness of your sin and ask him to come into your heart and save you. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. If you want to talk to us, please come and talk to us. I said, I'm all done, but please come and talk to us. And all the guys were standing there. People begin to go in different directions. But several people started coming up to us, preacher. Started walking right up to us. I'm standing right there. Three people come walking up to me. Two senior guys, two guys that were seniors in high school, and a lady that was a junior in high school. And I'm looking at them, and I'm saying, do you, do you really want to know what, what the Bible says about being saved? And they said, yes, we do. Teenagers sat right there. Listen, teenagers, this is awesome. They're sitting right there on the bench. And I looked at them, and I took them through the Romans Road. I looked at that first senior guy. I said, do you want to ask Jesus in your heart? He said, yes, I do. Man, I love that boldness. I love it when they're not ashamed. They wanted to be saved. I looked at the next senior. I said, do you want to be saved today? Do you want to trust Jesus? He said, yes, I do. I looked at the young lady. I said, do you want to be saved? She said, yes, I do. We bowed our heads right there in that mall, and they called upon Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sin and ask Jesus to come into their heart and save them. I'll never forget it. I remember we were done praying. I looked up, asked the senior. I said, sir, did you ask Jesus in your heart? He said, yes, I did. I said, did you ask Jesus in your heart? The next guy said, yes, I did. And when I looked at that young lady that was a junior in high school, tears were running down her face. And she said, I did. I asked him into my life. They all came to my youth group that night. They all came. They all started coming to youth group. Now, I don't know what happened to the two senior guys, but that young lady, when she graduated from high school, she went off to Bible college, and the best I know, she's on the mission field today serving Jesus. Can I tell you something? You know, a lot of people look at that and they go, Wow, Pat, that is awesome that you had that vision. I didn't have the vision. 
It was that sophomore in college that looked at me and said, hey, you got a car? He was the one who encouraged me. He was the one who carried that vision on to me. He was the one who said, you got a car? Let's go street preaching. You see, you can be that person that can encourage somebody else to have a vision right along with you. You can be that person. Those of you teenagers over here, you can be that person that can have a vision right along with God. There's ever been a time when people are going to listen to teenagers about Jesus. It's today. You have the opportunity to tell, tell Jesus, tell people what Jesus has done in your life. Boy, if we could just have that vision. It's not hard. It's just us submitting ourselves to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. Can we stand together, please? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. I can play the piano right from here, brother, if you want me to, or you can play. Okay. Preacher's going to come, and he's going to play the piano. Our heads are bowed, and our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. I'd ask that everyone bow their heads and close their eyes just out of respect. You may be here right now, and you might say, you know, I don't even know if I know Jesus personally in my life. I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. Boy, you know what? I want to know. I want to know what the Bible says about going to heaven. I want to go to heaven one day. Everybody's going to die. Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed. You say, you know what? I don't know for sure whether I'm going or not. Would you pray with me about that? I won't embarrass you. I won't call your name. Would you just slip your hand up and say, pray for me about heaven? I don't know for sure. Would you have the boldness to say, I'm not sure. Pray for me. Maybe with your heads bowed and eyes closed and no one is looking around, you just say in your heart right now, pray this little prayer. Dear Jesus, I know I've done things wrong. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the things that I've done that have been wrong. And I want, would you please forgive me for those things? And would you come into my heart and would you save me? Would you be my savior? I want you to come in. I want to go to heaven. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. You say, you know what, Brother Pat, I prayed that prayer. I asked Jesus to come in. Would you slip your hand up? I asked Jesus to come in. Others of us, do you need to have a vision again? Do you want the Holy Spirit to lead you in that vision? You say, yes, Pat, I do. I want Jesus to keep that vision going inside of me. You slip your hand up. Oh, I see hands going up. Oh, my goodness, hands are going up. Hallelujah. Thank you. I see teenagers' hands going up. You can put your hands down. Here's what I'm going to do. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. After I'm done praying, I want, if you raise your hand for anything, or if you want to be saved, why don't you just come? You don't have to stay at the altar long. Just come to the altar for a moment. Kneel down and say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, help me to have a vision for you. Help me to have boldness for you. Father, I pray that you'll bless this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. If God spoke to your heart, why don't you come? Why don't you come? Folks are turning around, kneeling down in their seat, if that's more comfortable for you, but come on. Folks are coming. Folks are slipping out of their seat. You won't come alone. You're not going to be by yourself. Come on. 
as the Lord leads you. Say, I'm not sure if I'm saved. Would you pray with me about my salvation? Would you slip your hand up? I'm not sure. Pray with me about that. You won't be alone. 